Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to The Good Life with Dawn Richards. I am Dawn Richards, your host, and I am excited to be with you once again. I know that it has been a little while since we had our last episode, so I am so thankful um, to have your ear and your heart today because I have some important things to share with you that I know are going to encourage you, especially considering the landscape that we're all um, witnessing right now that that is going to minister to you to further equip you to really walk as God would have us to walk um, in these times and in these last days because the truth of the matter is if you have any spiritual pulse then you know that we are living in the last of the last days. Jesus talked about that when he was here on the earth during his earthly ministry he gave us road signs. He told us how to gauge the times in which we're living so that we will remain in the light and in the know and so that we can help those who are still in the dark come over into the light. So I'm excited for what God has given me for you today. And that's one of the reasons why my podcast may not always be rapid fire. Um, I endeavor to really seek and hear um, the heart of God, the voice of God for what he wants me to share it at any given time. Sometimes life gets in the way. Admittedly, it's not always extra spiritual. So I will be honest about that. But in those, in those, um, you know, seeming periods of lapse or, you know, maybe more extended times, I am keeping it lifted before the Lord and, and, and keeping it in my heart. Um, and so here we are back together again. I pray that your life is is well. Um, a lot is going on. Um, unless you're under a rock somewhere, <laughs> then you know that there is a lot going on in this earth. Um, you know, another indicator that the time is short and more than ever, it's really, you know, time to focus on God and really time to walk with him and flow with him so that you can fulfill your purpose. You know, you're in the earth for a reason. Did you know that your life has purpose? You're not just here um, because your mom and dad got together one day and had a baby and oh well, here I am. No, you're here because God ordained for you to be here. Do you know how many babies don't make it into the earth? How many babies, no matter how much the parents want a baby, no matter how love they would be, they never make it here. So the fact that you're here is a testament that God wanted you here. No matter how you got here, no matter what the circumstances surrounding your birth, your um, you know, creation between a man and a woman, God intended for you to be here. And here you are, and you're here with a purpose and a plan. If you don't yet know what that purpose is, no problem. God has promised to reveal it to you as you seek him, as you call unto him. He will begin to show you. He'll begin to guide you. And that's another message for another day. But I just want to stir you up to be excited about your life. Your life is a gift. Every day that you wake up and you're able to open your eyes, you're able to breathe in and out, exhale, inhale. It is a gift from heaven because everyone doesn't wake up. And if you think your alarm clock woke you up, well, how about taking your alarm clock down to the mortuary and putting it next to the corpses and setting it and seeing what happens when it goes off? No, darling, we are given life by the almighty God, our creator. And while we're in this earth, we need to live it up. We need to make impact for the kingdom and live in God's goodness. That's why I love the fact that this podcast is called The Good Life 
with Don Richards because Jesus promised that to us. He promised that to us in John 10, 10 and many other places in the word of God. One of my favorite scriptures is John 10, 10, where he tells us, and that's the gospel of John, that he came. He said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So he didn't come just for you to have any old kind of raggedy life, just so for you to be hanging on by a thread day by day, um, hoping and praying that you're going to make it through. No, he came for you to have abundant life. What does that mean? That means life to the full until it overflows. Everywhere you look, it's life. It's good life in your finances. It's good life in your family. It's good life in your fi- in your in your um, ministry. It's good life in your, with your children. It's good life in your if you're married with your marriage and your spouse. It's good life everywhere you look in your health and that is the will of God for you blessed be the name of the Lord so I'm excited to be back with us and back with you today Um, we're picking up I think everything I minister these days is really tied into intentional living Um, but today I really want to focus in on courage and essentials of courage I think I teased it a little bit during my last episode, um, episode 23. We're here now on episode 24. And I was teaching in that episode, if you've had a chance to listen, then you know we were talking about boldness. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I strongly encourage that you go ahead, listen to it, download it, um, study it out because it's really a good precursor to what we're about to jump into today. You don't have to listen to it first, but I do think it'll bless you. So towards the end of that episode, um, I did share and I did tease that I was going to talk about courage because it's great that boldness is our birthright. We talked about that. We talked about, you know, what it means to be bold when God calls us bold um, and living boldly by faith. We went into some detail on that. But ultimately, to actually be bold, you have to be courageous. It takes courage to be bold when everything around you would scream that you should be afraid or that you should cower back or that you should shrink somehow um, from what God has said to you and who he's called you to be and what he's promised to you. And so courage is the order of the day. And although... As I said, we're in this day and hour where there is this constant solicitation to live in fear. You know, the enemy would love for everybody to walk around in fear because that's his M.O. God's M.O. and what pushes God's buttons and brings God on the scene is faith. That's why the Bible teaches us about our faith and that we walk by faith and not by sight or by our five physical senses. The enemy, on the other hand. Because he's perverted what he tries to pervert and he perverts what God has done. He responds to fear. And so if you want God on the scene, you've got to have faith. If you want the enemy to come on the scene, then you walk in fear. And so we're going to banish fear. We're bold. The Bible says the righteous are bold as lions, but the wicked flee when no man pursues. And so as the righteous and as the bold people of God that we are, because again, it's our birthright and God has ordained that for us, then we want to banish fear. We want to banish fear for our lives. We want to banish fear for our jobs, fear for our children and so on. And again, we all see the news. We all see the, you know, the projections about plagues and wars and rumors of wars and natural disasters and crime and all these things that are just running rampant in the earth. Um, and we have, we have a position and we have a disposition 
that we should obtain and maintain throughout it all. The Lord said to us before he left, um, he said to us before he went back to heaven, he said, you know what? All these things are going to happen. So he gave us a heads up. Remember, that's a part of our covenant of walking in the light. We're not to be caught off guard. So he gave us a heads up. He said, hey, like any good parent would and any good friend would. He said, these things are going to happen. I want you to know, but don't be afraid. Don't be alarmed. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear that and I see the Lord saying that to me, that gives me such peace because I know that if he's telling me not to be afraid and not to be alarmed, that he has the power to write and to handle whatever it is that's bringing the potential for me to be afraid and to be alarmed. In other words, he's telling us, I've got you. I've got it under control. He said that in John 6, He said, in this world, you will have tribulation. You'll have trouble. But, and see, when you say but, you're canceling out everything that happened before that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've overcome the world and deprived it of any ability to harm you. So you can be joyful. You know, I found this scripture recently. I had never seen this scripture before. That's why your walk with God is a continual walk and fellowship and lifetime commitment because he's always revealing stuff to us day by day by day. I don't care if you've been walking with the Lord 50 years. There's something new for you to get from him, for you to learn, for you to receive into your life to make you better, stronger, bolder, more um, faith-filled. And I saw this scripture recently that I had never seen before, um, at least that I recalled. And it was amazing. It was so beautiful. And you know what it said? It said, my life, is filled with light and joy. How about that? How about that as a part of that good life pie that we talked about a moment ago? Your life is filled with light and joy. And it's just that simple for you to see something in the word of God and receive it for yourself. You don't have to wait for some minister or some person to stand over you and say, thus saith the Lord, your light is your life is filled with light and joy. Great, if that happens, praise the Lord. But guess what? You are the prophet of your life. God has given his word to you, just like he's given it to any anyone else, me, anyone else. And you can take it, you can receive it. And you can say, I'll have that in my life. Thank you very much, Lord. And then you begin to do what? You begin to speak about it. You begin to um, declare it over your life. You begin to praise God over it. And you see it come to pass in your life. How wonderful is that? And so here, as it relates to courage, we're going to do that exact thing today. So I hope you're ready for your courage impartation. Um, again, if you want to follow along with me, I will be sharing some scriptures. That's my way um, most times. So you can go ahead and grab your Bibles, your notebook, your phone, whatever it is you use to follow along in the scripture and or take notes. Um, the podcast will be here for you to listen to later if you're not in a position to do that now. So don't worry if that's not the case. But we're going to talk about courage today um, because God has commanded us. He's commanded. And when I say us, I'm talking about his people. He, I'm not talking about the people of, of the world. I'm talking about the born again believer, the child of God. And I just want to clarify that everybody is not a child of God. You know, people say everybody's a child of God. No, everybody is not. They're children of God. 
and they're children of the devil. Absolutely. There is a difference. And when you become a born again believer in Jesus Christ, then you are a child of God. And then all these things, all these benefits qualify, you qualify for, and they belong to you. But until you make that decision to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the most important decision, by the way, that you're ever going to make in your life, there's no other decision that you need to get right on this earth during your time here than that decision. And indecision is a decision. So if you live 80, 90, 100 years and you never make Jesus the Lord of your life, you failed. You failed life. You failed. Womp, womp, womp. And guess what? Your eternity is now sealed to damnation and hell. Yes, there is a hell. It's real. Yes, there is a heaven. It's so real. And you choose where you will spend eternity. That is the ultimate decision of your life before who you will marry before where you will work before what house you will buy but before what college you will attend what job you'll take what city you'll live in what vacation you'll take how much money you want in the bank all of that is beneath receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior so if you have not done that and you say, oh, I want to be a child of God. Oh, I want that abundant life you were talking about. Oh, I want to have boldness as my birthright. Oh, I want to spend eternity in heaven. Then today is your day. Glory to God. You picked the right day and you're tuned into the right frequency. Because you can go to dawnrichards.org and you don't even have to go there. You can go to Romans 10. There's a chapter in the Bible called Romans just like the city in Rome, it's named after the city in Rome, in Italy called Rome. It's called Romans. And it's 10, 9, and 10. Or you can go to John three sixteen, And basically all you have to do to be born again is just to give your life to God. It's just to say, Lord, I believe that you died for my sins. And that you rose again from the dead. I believe you are the son of God. And now I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I receive you into my heart and I make you my Lord and my Savior. Take my life and do something with it. That's as simple as it gets. God doesn't make it hard. See, he says, I'm not the author of confusion. That's the devil's um, crap. God is not the author of confusion. He doesn't confuse his people. He doesn't play games with his people. He is a straight up altogether good God who is disposed to do you good and to make you happy and what would make you happier than knowing that your eternity is secure in him so get on that if that is you and you have not yet made that decision today is your day you may not have known why you woke up on March 12 2020 but that is the reason God gave you another breath in your body he gave you another chance to get it right because again you see the news reports oh such and such lived they died today at 93 and you know what I always think about when I see those things I always wonder did such and such give their life to Jesus because if such and such didn't give their lives to Jesus 
I don't care if they live to be 493. I don't care if they write all the hit records, make all the shots at the game. Where's the best thing smoking and athletics and entertainment and the biggest movie star? I don't care. None of that matters. None of that matters if you don't get home base, right? Hallelujah. So back to courage. (laughs) That was for someone. Courage, as we see it throughout the scripture, it takes on a, a lot of different but equally powerful meanings. And some of the words that are used when we speak about being courageous include being strengthened, prevailing, hardening. Do you know there's a scripture that says God God will harden you to difficulties? He will actually make you strong and hard against difficulties where you don't crumple up like a cheap aluminum can, but you stand strong. You stand firm. You're hard. You're impenetrable. So that's another um, synonym for courage. To press, to make bold, to be resolute, to grow firm. Can you see in your mind's eye and in your heart how courage is intertwined with boldness? And I believe that's why the Lord laid it on my heart to go right into, to segue out of boldness right into courage because they kind of go hand in hand. Because in order to be bold, you got to be ready to stand. In order to be firm, you got to be ready to stand and be bold. All of those things go together to walk by faith. When everything around you looks and smells and sounds like something else, requires courage. Going against the grain will always require courage. When everybody else is going left and you decide to go right, that requires courage. That requires firmness. That requires boldness. That requires hardening to the circumstances and situations that are trying to convince you otherwise. But guess what? We're up for it. We're up for the task. Glory to God. God will never require of us anything that he hasn't equipped us to do. He'll never say, do not fear, if he hasn't given us the ability not to fear. Again, by virtue of the fact that he's saying that to us, that he's commanding that of us, means that we have what it takes. I want you to get that down in your heart today. You have what it takes to be bold, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, to speak out your words and your faith in God and to see it happen in your life, to trust God no matter what. You have what it takes. Glory to God. So you courageous one, bold one, you are going to live out these last days in the glory of God. You are going to take back whatever the enemy has stolen from you in your life. You are going to glorify God in your coming and your going. Because you know what gets the world's attention? The world, because they're under the influence of the prince of of darkness, Still, until they come into the kingdom of God's dear son, they respond to physical manifestations. The Bible says they can't even perceive the Holy Ghost. They can't perceive the Holy Spirit. They can't flow with the Holy Spirit because they can't even perceive him because they're spiritually dead. But what they can perceive is when they see you living good, driving good, 
wearing good, happy, healthy, blessed, rich, wise, strong. Everything you do works out. Things come against you. They come against them. But you always end up on top. You always come through. That's what gets people's attention. And that's what God intended. He intended for us to be witnesses to his glory, witnesses of his goodness, witnesses of his power so that they can stop and think, hey, if God did it for them, surely he can do it for me. Ding, ding. Exactly. That's exactly what we want. We want that. We want. And then they come to you and say, can you tell me how you did such and such? Can you tell me how that worked out? Can you tell me how you kept your marriage together all these years? Can you tell me how your children are doing so well? Can you tell me how you're so blessed and all your needs are met? And I see you living this abundant life. That's exactly what God wants. That's called being a witness. Yes, we witness with what we say. But the greatest witness is being that living epistle. That people just watch you and they see the goodness of God all over your life. Hallelujah. So we're going to look at some essentials of courage. I did a Bible study years ago on courage and um, unknowingly I kind of broke it down into about nine or ten essentials that will always lead you back to courage. Either how you flow in courage, what's stimulates courage in our lives and just how we can be on that frequency of faith, boldness, and courage. And so I'm going to take us through those um, highlights today and we'll see how far we get. I don't want to um, overload you today. So we'll go for a bit. And then if I feel like I want to pause, I'll pick back up and we'll pick right back up with the rest of them um, this time much quicker <laughs> so that you can have the full shebang. Um, but let's go ahead and jump right into our essentials on courage. And I'll start by saying this, you know, if you think about two words, I want you to just for a moment, write these two words down. If you're in a position to write something down or type, I want you to write down discourage. And then I want you to write down encourage. So I want you to write down discourage and encourage. And then I want us to just look at those two words for a moment. And I want you to go ahead and put a hyphen after dis. So D-I-S, just slide a little hyphen in there before courage. And then I want you to do the same thing with encourage. And I want you to slide a little hyphen either in your mind. If you're not able to write, just think about it. Slide a little hyphen in between in and courage, so right before courage. Now, when you think about discourage, that's the exact opposite of being what? Encouraged or having courage. And what happens when you're discouraged? Because see, that's what the enemy wants. He wants to get you discouraged. He wants to get you so down on yourself, so down on life, so down on, you know, God and what God has promised to you so that you have no hope, you have no outlook, you have no expectation, you have no faith, therefore you have no power. And he can just wipe you up, push you to the side. But no, 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 no. But that's when you're discouraged and that's why you have to monitor your heart and your mind and your disposition to make sure that even if you have discouragement come at you, 
that you don't wallow in that. You don't give it permission to hang around. You know, maybe something hard happens in your life. Maybe you're hurt. Maybe you lose a loved one or maybe something goes wrong. We've all been there. Some of us are there now, but we have to make sure that we rise up out of that and focusing on having our courage and having a disposition of courage and walking in courage and boldness is the antidote because when you're discouraged, do you know what you just did? Do you know what happens when you're discouraged? You just, you just dissed courage. You know what it means to diss something or to diss somebody? <laughs> I think that word might have come out when I was in high school or sometime. I don't remember exactly, but I remember when we started talking about, I dissed him, I dissed her. And basically, it's like you dismissed. You dismissed it. Goodbye. You have no relevance. Yeah, whatever. You know, what if? All of that is a diss. It's basically like you're canceling it out. You're dismissing it. Move on. Next. And so that's exactly what happens with discouragement. When you're discouraged, you just dissed courage. You dismissed courage. But we're not going to do that. We're going to be encouraged, meaning we're going to receive courage. We're not going to dismiss it. We're going to receive it. So encourage is a whole nother animal. It's a whole nother disposition. I mean, just thinking about it, you light up, right? Because you're encouraged. Have you ever been encouraged? Do you remember what it felt like? Do you remember how your outlook changed? How you probably stood a little taller? You felt lighter. You felt stronger because you were encouraged. You received courage. You took the courage in glory to God. It's a spiritual force. It's not play play. It's not, it's not, you know, some just nice to say, no, it's real. It's a spiritual force that God calls us to and speaks into our lives and commands us to walk in again and again and again throughout the word because there is power and substance behind courage, glory to God. And he wants us to be encouraged. So the next time you're tempted to dis. The courage and discouragement is knocking at the door. You don't answer because you know that that is a solicitation by the devil to make you give up your courage. And we're not giving up anything in these last days. We're taking ground. We're not giving up ground. The Bible says wherever your feet tread, that land has God given unto you. Hallelujah. So where does courage come from? Let's get into it. Courage results, if you're taking notes and you want to kind of write it down, you can write down first. It comes from you knowing that God is with you and that he will never leave you nor forsake you. In Deuteronomy 31 and 6 and in 1 Chronicles 28 and 20, we see two scenarios where people of God were faced with battles, you know, dire circumstances, and yet they remembered that the Lord was with them. And in so doing, they were able to be strong and courageous. That was their winning formula. They were fat, they were battling their enemy. And instead of running and hiding behind a rock, 
and crying and, and praying and hoping that it would just go away on its own. No, they stood strong and courageous. And what enabled them to do that? How did they have the power to be strong and courageous? Because they knew and they remembered that the Lord was with them and that he would not leave them nor forsake them. Meaning in the midst of the battle, God was not going to pack up his toys and go off into the sunset and say, okay, well, I wish you well. I hope you, I hope you come out. All right. Let me know how it goes. No, that's not our God. He's there with us. In fact, he's really the one fighting for us. Hallelujah. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but he's on the scene, making sure things go right for us, making sure they turn out in our favor. The Bible says in second Corinthians 214, that he always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So it's intentional. And when you remember that and you put that in your heart and in your mind, then you're able to be courageous and people will look at you and they'll go, how are you able to do that? How are you not afraid? How are you not, you know, just over it? And it's because you know who's with you and who you're with. And God being for you, no one can be against you. And he is for you today. I want to let you know that. He's for you and he's with you. And if you're a child of God, he's in you. Glory to God. So that's the first essential. Secondly, courage results when you know that God is fighting for you and destroying your enemies. Did you know that God says to us in the word of God, the battle is his? The battle is the Lord's. He says, in fact, he said, Stand still and watch. Watch me take your enemies out. You don't have to flex. You don't have to do much. You just stand there and keep be pretty. <laughs> Flip your hair once or twice. Freshen up your makeup. Hey, <laughs> tighten your belt while I handle these enemies that have come against my people. And doesn't that sound like a father? Have you ever known a good father? Now, we got some bums out here. I hate to say it, but it's true. And I hope the bums decide not to be bums, but we're not talking about bum dads. We're talking about good fathers who actually take on their fatherhood responsibilities in their fullness. And they refuse to let anyone come against their children. That's the kind of father we have in God. And so he says, you just sit here, little buddy, while I take out your enemies, I handle your enemies for you. That will give you courage. Will it not? Because once again, what does it minister to us? It ministers to us that God is intimately aware of what's happening in our lives. And he is absolutely devoted and dedicated to yielding all the power of heaven, which is greater than anything the enemy could ever come up with, to make sure that we are all good, that we are well, whole, and victorious. And that gives you courage. When you know it and you believe it, you embrace it. You are encouraged. Glory be to God. Courage also results when you embrace it and you are able to behave boldly. So really what I want to say there is embracing courage, receiving courage, giving yourself permission to be encouraged rather than discouraged, that is going to tie directly into you being brave. 
Again, we talked about the fact that we are a different specimen. If being brave, if being bold was the order of the day, everybody would be doing it. But so few do it. So few do it. Even so few in the kingdom do it. But that won't be you and it won't be me because there's too much on the line. God has called us to this and we're going to answer the call. And so that enables us being courageous enables us to behave bravely when we face difficult, dire situations and circumstances. Right now there is, as we all know, um, you know, here, March, 2020, um, depending on when you are listening to this, but right now, currently we're in March, 2020, the year 2020, and there is a global pandemic, um, disease that is breaking out in countries all around the world. And as believers in Jesus, as God's children, we should know that we have a covenant that is directly and absolutely promised that it won't come near us, that we don't have to fear that, that we have a protective barrier on our lives given to us by Almighty God. Now, the choice will be, will you receive it? Will you receive the courage? Will you receive the word? Will you receive the blessing? Or will you diss it? You have to make that decision for yourself. And sometimes you have to make it multiple times in a day because the enemy will try to play that game and he'll keep coming around and you have to keep rebuking him and standing strong and speaking out what the God, what the word of God has said. And you keep doing it until the victory is squarely in your hand and in your lap. You speak back to those negative evil news reports that talk about how it's growing and ramp, running rampant. And you say, no, you won't come on my house. I'll not have that. That is walking by faith. That is waxing strong and courageous and being bold. Because guess what? Everybody is not doing that. That's why everybody is not getting the results that you're going to get. God is setting you up to be the example. And then each one teach one. You can go and help someone else. You can help your family members. You can help your coworkers. You can help your neighbors. You can help your community. You can help whomever he brings across your path. To lift the discouragement off of their lives and help them to be encouraged. Because isn't it great when you're encouraged, but that you also can then go and encourage someone else? That's how this circle of blessing works. Hallelujah. So courage will give you that oomph to be bold and to be brave. And you can look at an example of that in 1 Chronicles 19.13. Courage results from God's word. God's word is the source. And and I've already kind of said that in so many words, but God's word is the source of ultimate courage and encouragement. When you are faced with disappointment, discouragement, the temptation to fear, the temptation to doubt, All those things that come against you in your faith because the mind is the arena of faith. It's the battleground where the enemy attacks us. 
And so when those attacks are coming in your mind and it's saying things like, oh, you're never going to get out of the situation. Oh, that's not going to work for you. Oh, God's not going to bless you. Oh, whatever it is, you have then got to stand up as the child of God you are, as the man or woman of God you are, and you've got to put it down. And when I say put it down, I'm talking about you've got to stand in your authority in Christ. You've got to know what the word of God has said about your situation. And it's not hard. If you don't know, you don't have to know it offhand. Maybe it's something new that you're facing. You go to the word, you study, you research, you dedicate the time. You may have to turn off the television. You may have to cut the game short. You may have to do all these things, but it's your life that you're building. So you need to make that a priority and make that an investment. It's not the pastor's job. It's not the Sunday school teacher's job. It's not your wife's job, not your husband's job, it's not your mom's job or your dad's job or your best friend's job. It's your job because it's your life. So you're going to do whatever it takes to get filled up with what God has said about you, to you, for you. And then you're going to release it out of your mouth with the spirit of faith. And you're going to stand, you're going to pray, you're going to worship, you're going to thank God. You're going to put all your spiritual weapons to work because the Bible tells us this. It says the battle, he says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And I love it. He says, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So see, we don't, we don't lose with the stuff we use. We, we on some different stuff over here, honey. We're on some spiritual cut you down stuff that you never saw coming. That's the power that God has given his people. And so you put those weapons to work in the spirit and you see them wield power and victory back to you in your circumstances and situations here in this physical realm. But it starts with the word, no word, no faith, no faith, no power, no power. You can't stand. You can't stand. You're weak. You fall. You lose. And that's not an option because I say that I will never be defeated by the devil for one split second. You need to say that about yourself and then you need to make sure it's so by doing what you need to do to get built up in God's word. You've heard me say it before and I'll say it again. Lazy Christians are not victorious Christians. And you don't want to wait until the storm comes to try to build your foundation. Can you imagine the storm is coming down? The rain is pummeling. The hail is raining down. The winds are blowing and knocking everything over. And there you are trying to put up your little shelter. Wouldn't it make more sense when the sun is shining? The water is calm and peaceful. There's a slight breeze, but nothing too hard that you start to build. And then by the time that storm comes, you're safely and securely inside, ready. Don't wait. Don't put it off. Don't say tomorrow. No, today. Today is the day. Remember I said today is your day. If you have not made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, today is your day. The Bible says now is the acceptable time. Now is the time of salvation. Now can never be tomorrow because now is now. If you say, oh, I'll do that now. 
then you, you cannot by default do it tomorrow because tomorrow is not now. Now is now. And in five minutes, it will be now. And in 10 minutes, now will be now. So now, now, let that urgency permeate your heart. I need to get with it now. Glory to God. So, we see in the Word of God, you can go to 2 Chronicles 15, 1 through 8, when you have time. But Joshua, I want to look at Joshua 1 and 8, and verse, verses 8 and 9, excuse me, Joshua 1, verses 8 and 9. Let's go there. And in Joshua, the Word of God, the Lord is talking here. And he's giving him instructions on how important it is for him to get in the word day and night. You see, I didn't make this up. This is not the gospel according to Dawn. God said this. So if you're mad at somebody, be mad at him. <laughs> I'm just his messenger. Glory to God. He said, study this book of instruction continually. Because he, Joshua had just taken on the major responsibility of filling Moses' shoes and taking the children of Israel forward into the promised land. Moses got them right there on the cusp. And then the mantle was passed to Joshua to finish the job. So he knew he could play no games. He knew what it took. He saw how Moses spent all that time in the presence of God. He knew what it took to lead these people these millions of people that had just escaped Egypt. Well, it had been some years by that point. But he knew what it took. He knew what was before him. And God was encouraging him. God was teaching him and ministering to him. And he said to him, study this book of instruction once in a while. Did it say once in a while? Joshua, you can study it when you have time. You know, if you're not too tired when you get home from work and you know, after you've had your dinner and maybe you watched a couple of shows on Netflix, then you can study. No, he said study it continually. Now, I don't know about you, but continually to me means all the time. Meaning you don't schedule it around your life. You schedule your life around it. It's priority. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these other things will be added unto you. So he said, you're going to study this book of instruction, i.e. my word, continually. I want you to meditate on it day and night. Once again, all the time. You know, there was a song that came out years ago. I was in high school for this. I do remember that. And I loved it. And it was by this group. Babyface was the lead singer. <clears throat> and I think the group was called The Deal or something like that. Don't quote me on that part. But the song basically said, I only think of you on two occasions. And then he went on to say, I mean, he was laying down his rep, wasn't he? He said, I only think of you, baby, on two occasions. He said, that's day and that's night. <laughs> How smooth, right? I love it. He didn't say, I only think of you at 7.30 and 2 p.m. He covered everything. He said, no, when I think of you, I think of you on two occasions. But guess what those occasions are? Day and however long day lasts. And then when night kicks in, night, I think of you day and night. And that's exactly what God was saying to Joshua. I want you to meditate on my word day and night, meaning all the time. Now, does that 
literally mean that you're going to physically sit down with the Bible in your hand all day? No, we know that's not feasible because you have a life to live. You have a job to do. You have responsibilities in this earth. You have maybe a family to take care of. You have things you have to take care of just as a matter of living um, a day-to-day -day life in this natural realm. But you can keep it in your heart. You can keep it Let's see how I want to say it. How do I want to say it? You can keep it kind of at the forefront. So it's the, it's the, it's the default. You know, you put it in your heart to the degree that it's the first thing that rises up. So before the rap song rises up, before, you know, the, the news about the plague and about the stock market and all this crashing and all this other stuff rises up. God's word rises up and then you just kind of twirl it around in your mind. You think on it. You think on it. I mean, hey, back to love. When you're in love with somebody or you're feeling someone, it's not hard for you to think about that person. It, it, it just comes. It just, it's, 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 it's instinctual. You think about them. And it's the same thing when you have a love for God's word and you know the power that's in that word. You think about it. You meditate on it. You praise God over it. You might, a scripture might come to your mind. Like I told you about that scripture I saw recently that says, your light, your life is filled with light and joy. Ooh-wee! Are you kidding? I love that. And I think about it all the time because it is such a blessing. That's a gift from God to me. He said, Dawn, your life is filled with light and joy. So even when it doesn't feel like it, I'm thanking him and I'm saying to myself and out loud, my life is filled with light and joy. That's what it means to meditate. It means to ponder, to give thought to mutter, to speak out. And if you're in, a, in, a, in an environment like a, maybe a work environment or wherever you might be during your day and you can't physically, you know, be loud, it's okay. You can say it under your breath. You can say it when you're sitting in your car, wherever you may be, in the restroom. But you're keeping it at the forefront. You're keeping it top of mind because you've already done the work of putting it in your heart. So that's number one. The studying, he said, you're going to study it continually. And then once it's down deep in there and it's good and cemented in your heart and in your mind and in your identity and who you are in Christ and what he's given to you, then you're just going to let that continue to overflow into meditation where before you're tempted and yielding to worry, you'll yield to faith and meditating on what God has said. Because worry is just negative meditation. It's just meditating on the words of the devil versus meditating, meditating on the words of God. So I hope that helps. So you know how to meditate because when you worry, you're meditating. You're just meditating on what somebody else said, what the stranger said, what the devil said, instead of what God has said. So instead of worrying about, oh, I'm going to get this disease. No, you're going to meditate on what God has said to you about that and about your health and your preservation and so forth and so on. So he told him, when you meditate on my word day and night and you follow through on what I'm saying to you, you're obeying it, you're flowing with me. And it doesn't mean God expects us to be perfect. He knows we're not. We're not, we're not surprising him. But that's where our heart intent and our intention is. He says, then you will make your way prosperous and succeed in all you do. Does that sound good to you today? Are you ready to prosper and succeed in all you do? Well, this is where it begins. 
it doesn't begin at the business at the uh, boardroom table when you're making the business deal. No, it begins long before that. That's what enables the business deal to go well. That's what enables the transaction to go well. That's what enables the bright ideas and the innovation and all those other things that lead to success. Because you've already, in your quiet, intimate places with God, gotten the blessing that you need. And he says, this is my command out of all of that. You're going to be strong and courageous. God expects us to be strong and courageous. Remember I said he's calling us to that. So we're going to answer the call. That's what he expects. I mean, if you saw your children out somewhere and you know your children and you know, you know, how they move and how they look and what you dress, especially if they're little and you dress them that day and all that. When you look out, you're expecting to see that. You're expecting to see what you identify as your children. And if you see something different, you, you're going to do a double take and be like, that's not my child. Where is my child? And that's how God is looking at us. He's looking at us like, that's, is that my child over there walking in fear and being afraid and, and, you know, running away from stuff? No, that's not my child. My child is bold and courageous. And you know what? He loves us every step of the way. It's a journey. It's a walk. So you may not run out of the gate being Superman, Superwoman, so to speak, but it's in you and you've been called to it and it's your birthright and you have what it takes. Remember I said you have what it takes. You have what it takes. And so as you follow the prescription and we're laying out some essentials here today and we'll continue to lay them out if we need to, um, and we're probably going to pick this up with another session, um, just to round this out, but you have what it takes. And so you put it in motion, you put those gears in motion and you just flow because God is always going to do his part. He's just waiting on us to do our part. Glory to God. Okay. I think I might be able to wrap this up if I keep going. So let's keep going next. Courage comes when we wait on the Lord. The Bible says to wait for him, to look for him, to expect him, to hope for him. And as you do that, you're going to be strengthened in your heart. You're going to be strengthened in your inner man. And so as you take these steps and as you're walking by faith and as you're speaking the word of God and as you're thanking God and as you're, you know, waiting on the Lord, He's promised that he's going to strengthen your heart and strength leads to courage, which leads to boldness. It all goes hand in hand. So once again, back to the foundation, you can't really get away from knowing God. You can't get away from worshiping God. You can't get away from studying the word. You can't get away from fellowship with God and expect to have God results and the life that he's promised and to be strong and to be that person that you really are called to be. You can't get the wet without the water. A lot of people want to have all the God things and the God results, but they don't want to do and have that, you know, deeper relationship with the Lord. And God is not going to let you build a life 
with his goods and his blessings outside of him. You know, he's not going to let you pimp him, so to speak. <laughs> no, no, that's not happening over here. So he will graciously give us things that we absolutely don't deserve. That's grace. He'll hold back things that we absolutely did deserve. That's mercy. Um, so he'll flow grace and mercy to us. But at some point he is going to, as a loving father and as a wise father would, Bring us back on course and let us, you know, understand and feel the effects of our distance and our waywardness if we choose to continue down those paths. So just embrace your relationship. It's a relationship. Every good, fulfilling, mutually fulfilling, blessed relationship you have, platonic, friendship, familial, whatever it looks like, romantic. There is an investment there. It didn't just happen. Nothing just happened. You didn't just wake up and have this awesome best friend. You didn't just wake up and have this amazing relationship with your siblings or with your parents or with your um, children or with your spouse or your significant other. No, there's an investment that goes into making those relationships what they are. And it's the same thing with our vertical relationship with the father and with Jesus. That is actually what empowers us to have successful horizontal relationships with our fellow man. So get into it. Bless the Lord. And you can go to Psalms 27 and 14 um, for that. Thanksgiving also comes when we, or excuse me, courage comes also when we give thanks to God. When we, I may have to come back. Finally, it looks like I had a little abbreviation there, so I don't know how much you all missed there. And I can come back and circle back on some final points. But finally, I want to say that our ability to walk in courage comes from Christ who strengthens us. Philippians 4.13 tells us that we can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. Everything goes back to Christ. Everything goes back to Jesus. Everything goes back to the Lord. I'm not talking about being courageous on your own and drumming up some false sense of grandeur. I'm talking about being rooted and grounded in him, letting him fill you up with his courage, with his presence, with his strength, with his peace. It all comes from him and you are in him and he is in you. So all is well. Glory to God. The greater one lives in you and greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. So, that is going to conclude this episode of The Good Life of Dawn Richards. Thank you so much for listening. I do pray that you have gotten um, something out of today's message. I encourage you to share it. I encourage you to like, follow, subscribe. Leave us a comment. Um, if this has blessed you, let us know. Be liberal in sharing it with others that you believe could benefit from it. You know, there are a lot of people hurting in this world right now. There are a lot of people that are on edge. There are um, uncertain about what tomorrow holds and God wants to be 
there for them. He wants to reveal himself to them. And sometimes they don't know how to find that path. And so through resources like the podcast and all of our other ministry resources that I hope you will avail yourself of, we endeavor to help um, lift, bless, and encourage you and anyone else that has a heart for God. Please stay connected with me on Dawn Rich- at DawnRichards.org on the website, Dawn Richards Men on Instagram and Twitter, and Dawn Richards Ministries on Facebook. And until next time, may you be blessed abundantly. May you be full of courage. And may you walk in boldness. And may you remember to live intentionally and embrace the good life. God bless you.